This is our number three of the Bill Kelly Show on 980 CFPL London and 900 CHML Hamilton. My name's Rick Samprin, in for Bill today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. Next two weeks, in fact. And, um, you know, we're going to talk about a, a lot of different things on the show as we have today. So if you're intrigued about a cornucopia of news and sports and entertainment stuff, this is the place to be. And if you missed any of the previous two hours of the show, you can download the Bill Kelly Show podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast. Coming up after 1130, we're going to expand our sports scope to talk about the NHL expansion draft, the Open Championship over the weekend in which a couple of Canadians were absolutely dynamite, the Blue Jays kicking off the unofficial second half to the Major League Baseball season. They're soon going to be flying north and uh, gladly back at uh, Rogers Center. I'm sure they are extremely happy about that. This is the start of week two of Tiger Cats training camp at Tim Hortons Field. And as we know, because of COVID-19 protocol, there are no fans allowed into Tim Hortons Field. But we have heard from a number of different players and head coach Orlando Steinauer uh, over the weekend. Got to chat with Tommy Condell, the offensive coordinator as well, about you know how the team is looking this season. And uh, Coach Steinauer is saying that this week, week number two, is a big week for everyone as they continue to get ready for the start of the season. You know, hopefully some of the soreness starts to subside a little bit. And, you know, it just it rears its head every now and again. But you hope that uh, they're kind of playing their way into in some sort of football shape, not conditioning shape. And, yeah, so I'm looking forward to a big week for everybody, to be honest with you. Hamilton season opener set for August 5th in Winnipeg. I'm not sure if he's still sore from his playing days. He might be. Paul Osbaldiston. Better known as Ozzy joins us now on the Bill Kelly Show on 980 CFPL and 900 CHML. Ozzy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? And it actually hurts more now than it did when I played. <laughs> do you age, get do you, do you, age is, aging is not fun? <laughs> do you get up in the morning thinking, "What have I done"? Uh, some days, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just have to kind of go real slow up and down the stairs one at a time. And you know, I mean, I never really even you know physically you know got involved like the other guys do so i sure feel for all my teammates that are that are my age now you uh participated in a number of training camps most of them with uh, the tiger cats obviously in your legendary career here uh, in Steeltown. Uh, number one do you miss any of that oh you know training camp was like um I, like charles dickens uh, tale of two cities it was the best of times it was the worst of times you know you're showing up there and you're seeing all your friends that you haven't seen for you know in months the excitement of the season starting again the possibilities of what you could do um you know and and you always felt the best physically the last the day before you started training camp and then from there it was all downhill you know back in the days when i played um you know it was always two a days uh, the guys were doing full contact, you know, we kicked and punted four times a day, you know, so after three or four days, you know, your leg felt like it was going to fall off. Everybody was starting to limp around the university. And, you know, I, I think we've made great strides in, um, you know, the knowledge of what the human body can do and what's best for it. And when you see the camps that the players go through now, yeah, they still go through an awful lot, but it's not like when when I started as a rookie. You, you know, we're, we're so much smarter with what we do physically, um, conditioning-wise, uh, protective gear, 
um, nutrition, all those things have evolved so much that, that the players are in such a better spot now. So if any of today's players, whether it's in Hamilton or anywhere else in the CFL or NFL for that matter, because they have very similar rules, they shouldn't be complaining about the rigors of camp because it's not quite the same as what it used to be. Well, no, it's not. But, you know, they're they're all warriors and they would have done the same thing, you know, we all did. And that's, you know, buck up and and get to it and get through it, you know, so you could play the game that you love. So you mentioned the best of times, the worst of times. There's certainly ups and downs during training camp because you might have a great practice and then the next day you might not have a great practice and you know that all eyes are on you, especially nowadays with the enhancements of video and data and uh, analytics and algorithms. Uh, there's a lot of pressure that goes on during a camp, isn't there? Well, there always is with, with any level of sports, whether you're playing high school football or volleyball or you know, into the pro level, right? Every day you're trying to be the best that you can be and, and keep growing that through the, through the season. And, you know, and, and one of the great things I learned after I retired and I, and I had the pleasure of coaching for three years was to see the mentality of the coaches and why they push you and how they push you and, and to understand that that's really for your benefit. You know, when you were playing, sometimes it felt like you were, you know, being criticized or being, you know, harshly treated. But then you realize after that, you know, the men that coach you just want you to, you know, uh, obtain your potential and be the best football player and the best man that you can. Particularly as a kicker, and we're in discussion with legendary Tiger Cats kicker Paulus Baldiston here on the Bill Kelly Show on 980 CFPL London, 900 CHML Hamilton. Rick in for Bill this week. As a kicker, Uh, It's a lonely existence at times, especially at training camp, because, you know, they're going through their drills and you're doing the same thing, but there's not a lot of focus on you until, you know, it's time for special teams. That's true. Um, It's a little bit better now because of the uh, increase in um, the amount of players that are available. You know, when I coached my last year, uh, I could take the kickers over and we had a long snapper, we had a holder. You know, we could accomplish so much more during the day than when I used to play, where I had to wait till after practice because we only had a 37-man roster. And your, you know, your long snapper was a lineman who's just gone through his second day of, you know, or second practice of the day and is exhausted and it's hot. And so I think the, you know, the skill of of kicking and snapping and the importance of special teams has has just gone a thousand times better than where it was in the 70s and 80s and even the early 90s. So it's become so important and dedicated that, that you know, you'll, you'll see such an increase in the percentages of the field goals. You know, when I first started in the league, you know, guys were making 62 to 68% of your field goals. You know, now they're making, you know, near 90%. You know, you, to be an all-star, you've got to hit 92% of your field goals. I just think it's because of the knowledge passed down by, you know, um, ex-kickers or punters that have been willing to teach the younger guys and the fact that a lot of the coaches now understand the importance of special teams in the game. Your first training camp was way back in 1986, which I'd imagine feels like a lifetime ago, knowing all that you've achieved during your career. What was your mentality in your first few training camps as opposed to training camp 14, 15, 16, 17, and on? Yeah, great question on night and day. You know, my, my rookie training camp was with the BC Lions. 
Lupus Aglia was 10 years into his career. He just averaged 50 yards a punt, the highest in CFL history. He was the MVP in the Grey Cup, and uh, I still had a year of junior football left. So my goal was to go up, learn as much as I could from Lou, um, you know, gain the experience, and then go back and try and, you know, have an even better year as my as my last uh, junior football season. And, and Lou got hurt in the first exhibition game, so I got to play in the second and then three regular season games, and it just kind of took off from there. You know, when the Lions released me, Trevor Kenner got hurt. When Winnipeg released me, Bernie Ruoff got hurt, and I ended up playing in the Grey Cup in 86 and, you know, doing very well that game. And, um, you know, I was just happy to be there. I was just trying to learn as much as I could, soak it all in, try and become a better football player. Um, you know, year 13, 14, 15, it, it was a formality. You, you know, like uh, for me in 1999 and a lot of the players, you know, we showed up with, you know, an attitude of, okay, well, let's get these two weeks over with because we're going to win the Grey Cup. So to us, it was just a formality. Let's, let's, you know, let's tighten things up. Let's become as best as we can before the season starts. But really, we're, we're here just to get ready to win the Grey Cup. And as a kicker, you know, later in those years, you learn to, you know, uh, you, you learn your body better. You know, you know you're, when you're 22 years old, you're kicking 150 balls, 200 balls a day. When you're, you know, 32 years old or 38 years old, you're kicking 50 balls a day because you know what you have to do to become the best that you can for, for the week following. In your training camps in 01, 02, 03, is it more a sense of, hey, i got to prove that I can still do it? Always. You had to do that every year. You know, I had some great guys come and challenge me. You know, Paul McCallum came into camp. Uh, Mike Vanderjack came into camp. You know, and I was lucky enough to, to you know, keep my job uh, with those two guys. So that was every year. You know, there were some years when, you know, certain coaches would come to me and actually say, eh, you know, do we sign another guy? Do you want anybody in or can you handle it? You, you know, and, and as I got later in my career, it was it was a blessing to have someone come in because if I had to do kickoffs one day and my leg was hurting, well, I will let the young guy do it, right? There wasn't a threat to my job. Um, but when you're younger, you know, no, you know, I'll, I'll do everything just to be able to have no competition. So that changed as well as, as time went on. And, and again, you know, I think coaches are so much smarter now that they realize that kicking 300 balls a day is detrimental. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. You know, you need quality over quantity. It has to be monitored and contained and with, with the, you know, the people that you need that will help you do your job the best that you can when it comes game time. So, again, just the whole, you know, process or, or thought in football about special teams and kicking is night and day from when I started to where it is now. We're chatting with three-time CFL All-Star, six-time East All-Star, kicker and punter Paulus Baldiston here on the Bill Kelly Show on 980 CFPL London, 900 CHML Hamilton. Rick in for Bill today. Do you have, and you probably have a million of them, but do you have a best training camp story? Oh, geez, one I can tell on the radio? No, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was part of the, you know, the, the best thing to me about playing football um, you know, there was a lot of things, but the friendships that you build, the camaraderie that you build, the practical jokes, um, it was as much, uh, you know, as what happened off the field as on the field. And, and to me, that's something that you'll never replace, that locker room 
friendship and mentality and brotherhood. It, it, it can't be replaced anywhere else in the world. And those were the things that you tended to remember the most. Not the games, um, the championships, yes, absolutely you remember those above everything because that's why you play the game. But just the, the camaraderie and the uh, road trips and the good times, the practical jokes, um, you know, there wasn't a day that you wouldn't go into that Tiger Cat locker room and laugh as hard as you possibly could two or three times a day. It was absolutely the best thing about the game. Your uh, career stat line, I was refreshing myself in some of the ex- extraordinary mind-boggling numbers, but a couple of them stood out to me. And number one was uh, you went two for five passing the football for seven yards. I don't know if they were fake punts or, or throws out of necessity. And the other one was, uh, I think it was 1990, he had one rush for 30 yards. Do you remember that play at all? I remember all five passes and the rush, <laughs> and you're crushing me right now, Rick. The, the two passes, actually one was designed, and, and uh, it was under Ron Lancaster, and I actually threw an okay ball, although I was scared to death because I didn't want to try and throw it too hard or too <laughs> soft. And uh, The other one was actually an underhanded toss to Rocky DiPietro because I fumbled the snap on a punt, and he was playing the up-back. Uh, the 30-yard run was, uh, yeah, that was in Toronto, and uh, um, basically... Uh, caught the ball, looked up, there was no one around, and took off down the sidelines. It, it was uh, one of my better uh, non-kicking moments, or probably the only non-kicking <laughs> moment that I, that I ever had. So, yeah, you remember funny things like that. And, it, you know, I was always one that, that, you know, when I was younger, all kickers do the same thing. You think you can play the game, you go and make tackles, and then after a while – you'll make a couple of tackles and the next day, you know, you can't kick because you're barely walking or your shoulders hanging on a thread. And you learn that, okay, you know, my job is, is to turn the guy to the sideline or you get even smarter and look for where your guys are behind them and cut them off and turn them back. So the guys that know what they're doing can make the tackle. Last question for you. And uh, it's uh, regarding Mike Filer, who announced his retirement today. I know you're on the coaching staff and Mike was still on the team at that point. How difficult is it a decision to finally hang it up? It's crushing. Um, you, you know, some some you know all players make it for for different reasons. You, you know, it 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 is never a good thing to leave the game um, because it goes by so fast. And there isn't a day that I think that I would trade anything I have to be a Tiger Cat again for just one day. You know just to, to feel the camaraderie or to play a game, you know, just one day of being a football player again, because you, you miss it so much, you love it so much, and there's nothing out there that replaces the feeling of being a Tiger Cat or a football player. So everybody retires for different reasons. Um, you, you know, a lot of them are very similar. Some aren't. Some guys get better opportunities at a younger age. Um, most guys just decide physically that they can't do it anymore, which was my case. You know, I was, I was kicking the ball not to hurt myself rather than to be successful. And at that point I said, okay, I'm going to let my team down and I'm not going to have a good year and I'm not going to do that to the organization. Everybody else has different reasons. Some guys get told and they, they're not ready to leave the game. And that's probably the hardest one to accept when a coach comes to you and says, okay, you're, you, you know, we're going to let you go and you still feel like you can play the game physically and mentally and you have more in you, that's tough. And same thing with injuries. You know, you've you seen guys like Matt Dunnigan and Kyle Walters play with me and, and, you know, an injury ended their career. 
when they both could have played considerably longer times, you know, and that's hard to see as well. And it didn't happen to me, so I can't tell you. It's probably maybe that's even harder to accept. Well said, and I know you're not on the coaching staff or kicking for the Ticats any longer, but you certainly are a Ticat for life. That's in the fans' minds and the organization's minds for sure. Ozzy, really appreciate the time, and uh, enjoy the season when it, uh, when it kicks off on August the 5th. Oh, thank you, Rick. I'm looking forward to it. I really hope this is our year.